and Zach on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. All right, this is KKFN and KKFN HD1 Longmont, Denver. Stoke, what is the current state of the Denver Broncos kicking competition after Friday night? I mean, I was, you know, I kind of have taken over the helm for Kevin Kisner's um, duties because he hasn't been able to be out there. He's a kicking guru, obviously. We know that. Uh, He breaks it down like no other. You know, him and McManus. McManus got a little bit aggravated with him last year talking about, you know, how he was missing kicks in practice and mm-hmm. charting his practice kicks, right? <laughs> which and, is still the funniest which thing Which is ever. great, right? Which is awesome. So he, he's not able to be out there this year. So I've kind of, I've been like locked in on this thing. And I was really nervous heading into camp. And then watching these guys out there, like they have just delivered during practice for two weeks. Feels like I've, I've seen um, Elliot Fry miss one kick and like Maher, None. Right. I mean, it's just been nails. Like, goodness, this is awesome. And so I've been pumping them up. I'm like, we're, we're good here. I feel great about either one of these guys. I think you I think you went on the record and said, we're going to keep both. We should. One of them's a trade asset. Right. Yes. Um, but as with everything, everything is fluid. This is a fluid situation. Very much so. Right? Very, and very fluid. I have changed from that stance of we're going to have a a, a, a a trade candidate here uh, with a kicker, with keeping two kickers. Um, I don't know what to tell you. Just uh, I I have concerns about um, Maher and his mental um, state right now. Obviously, we know the situation last year when he missed five in a row in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, and then you start off and kick the way that he kicked in that game, like, is he gonna, is he able to overcome this mentally when the lights are on? I mean, you you got to make kicks, you got to make catches, you got to make the throws when the lights are on, on the big stage, right? Not not on the driving range, you know. Can you do it when you get to the first tee? Right. That's that's what separates you know being a professional athlete. So I don't know. I'm concerned about that with him, um, but obviously just wasn't good enough. Just not even close to being good enough. And uh, a big concern, again, that this is going to cost us two to three games this year. Like, just two to three flat out where it's just so, like. I, I I said to you last week, <clears throat> and I remember what I said because you, you repeated the word that I used. Like, what? I said, I have a haunting feeling about this. Haunting. And you were like, haunting, Zach. I'm like, haunting. <laughs> we've, we've been, as much as we uh, uh, disagree on some of the Cortland Sutton stuff, you and I have been, uh, and we really don't even disagree that much on the Sutton stuff, but you and I have been on the same page uh, with this pivot from McManus. And, man, I tweeted this over the weekend. Like, I feel like this is this could haunt this team for the rest of the season, this decision to move on from McManus. He wasn't perfect, but be careful what you wish for. Grass isn't always greener. And, man, the, the replies that I got about how terrible Brandon McManus was and how Brandon McManus sucks and he sucks and was overpaid, if you're just looking at the box score, if you're just looking at the counting stats and you're saying, okay, uh, how many kicks did he miss? It's a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, uh, and then extra points, nine. So he missed 10 kicks, Stoke. 10 kicks! Worst Year of his career. I think he would tell you that, by the way. You know how many of the 10 misses were over 50 yards? Half. 
five of the ten missed kicks were 50-something yards. That's never been his strength. That's never been his strength. One of his numbers, 40 to 49 yards, perfect 10 for 10. Go back and look at the previous years, 8 for 8, 8 for 8. Go back and look at the thirty between 30 and 39. So really, from 30 yards out to 50 yards out, McManus has been really good. If you want him to kick a 63-yarder in Seattle, he's not, he's not your guy. And I just, if you want but to know, no one would ask him to do that, right? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, so we don't, yeah. Right, unrealistic. But there he was being asked to kick a 63-yarder. Is it realistic for him to get the football in the air that's spinning like a, a, a spin the bottle with a circle of fifth graders surrounding it? That's not a, a reasonable ask. So, again, by the counting numbers alone, Brandon McManus had the worst year of his career. And I'm not going to play defense and die on the McManus Hill. He, he needed to be better a year ago. But half of his 10 missed kicks were in the 50s. And, again, um, be careful what you wish for. This thing, this is one of these things that you see from a mile away that's like this could be disastrous during the regular season. Yeah, we talked about it a lot, you know, when it happened, obviously. And, and I, I was right there with you. Like, what are we doing here? Why, why, why we're trying to win football games, right? And he gives us the best, uh, the best option to do that at the kicker position because, like, we're going to cut him, and now we don't have a backup plan here. We didn't. Now they brought two guys in, um, but at the time, I thought it was a huge mistake. And then as we move forward throughout camp, and I've watched it, it's like, okay, all right, maybe it won't be as bad as I thought it was going to be. Maybe, maybe, maybe we'll be fine here with these two guys. Because they look great in practice. And you're talking about situations to where, you know, these guys are competing against each other. Yep. Right. And when you're in practice and one guy makes a play, you better make a play too, right? As a kicker. So there's pressure on these guys every kick that they take in these team type of situations. Coaches right there, you know, players are all watching and they delivered one after another, day in and day out, whenever they were kicking. And, and all of a sudden, you get to the game, and it's like, whoa, wow, that's not good. Um, so I, I'm back to being, um, you know, because I, I felt better about it, but I'm, about to be re- I'm back to being really nervous again about these two guys. We'll see. We'll see what it looks like and, um, and how, it, uh, how they respond to it. But my question, Zach, I mean, L.A. Fry, he made the 55-yarder. He did. Well, he did. I, you know, how— how do you feel about that? Does that make up for the miss? No, do you have absolutely him? not. Do you have because you had Maher ahead of him. Yes, I did. Where are you at now after the game? I mean, it's. I think it's completely reset in my head to zero zero zero. Incomplete. Incomplete. In a Maher's no yes. longer ahead. Fry's not ahead. I mean, I, I just I, I had been steadfast in saying we should be rooting for the guy that's had a career. Brett Maher has had a career. If you tally up the total kicks that me and Elliot Fry have ever kicked in the National Football League, we combine for six total. So we should be betting on the guy. You have none. I have none. So making sure. So it's like we should be betting on that guy. But then it's like I don't know what's going on with either of these two guys, and I'm deeply concerned about it. I'm listening to Mike this morning on Slayerton Evans say, "I told you guys the kicker wasn't on the roster and not to worry about it," and I'm like. That's why I shouldn't be worried about it because the kicker's not on the roster. I'm very worried. Well, about why it. is he not on the roster? Let's go get this kicker. Who is that, Mike? I mean, like, what what are we gonna do? You know, Mason Crosby's out there. Should that I mean that was gonna be my next question to you? Should you know one of these guys get cut and you bring in another kicker, or do you have a three man kicking competition? <laughs> oh, like, oh, triple threat. Yeah. yeah, triple threat match. Right. So 
Like, what, what do you think the next step is? We're just going to let this thing play out and continue to see how this thing um, goes, or do we bring in another kicker? Or where you at? I feel very uncomfortable with either guy. I would feel way better bringing in CU Buffalo, uh, Mason Crosby. Okay. I would. How about you? Uh, I want to watch it for one more week. <laughs> Is that the morbid <laughs> morbid nature Maybe. that you have? Because, like, I, Stoke, I don't know if any one of these guys over the next two weeks can do anything to – because you're already coming in with negative equity, and then it got hurt on Friday night. I don't know if they can do anything here moving forward that would alleviate the concern that I have. No, and, that, and that's fair. You, you know what you'd have to do? You have to make some meaningful kicks consistently to do that, right? And Because the damage has been done. Already. Yeah. Yep. So uh, it's like Russ. It's like with Russ. Like, you can't just go out there and have one good game and be like, oh, yes, baby, he's back. Like, you're going to have to do it consistently. So same thing. That, that's what happens when you have some bad history. Right? right. Fair? Fair, fair or not? Fair. I think it's very fair. Fair. All right. What do you need to know from today's practice out there at Centura Training Center? We'll catch you up. Coming up next. Stokely and Zach on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. All right, we're out at practice today, and our analysis of Training Camp 2023 is presented by ROX Rocks Heating and Air. Uh, and to help us fill some of the gaps that we missed at the very end, Cecil Lammy from DenverSports.com. Um, not much doing today out at practice. Right. Sounds like uh, the business is going to pick up tomorrow. Yeah, business is going to pick up tomorrow. Fans back out there tomorrow. You've only got three days left to view training camp. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, probably going to be a lighter day on Thursday if I were to guess. They are going to practice Friday, and they're leaving Friday p.m. For a game on Saturday, 49ers up next, and you will see the starters quite extensively in this contest. And hopefully a guy like Cortland Sutton can get a little back out there. Um, We can't say anything from today, Uh, and Coach already spoke after practice. Hey, guys like Sertan, guys like Sutton, who we saw, and Simmons as well. But you're saying Sutton. Yes, no, Cortland Cortland has a little bit of a, again, I can't say anything. Wasn't he out there practicing today? Uh, He had his T-shirt on with his number on. Oh, so there's okay. a little bit of. You but he know, played. Did he get dinged yeah, up in the yeah. game? Is we that, had no idea. Okay, Coach that's why he said so. Yeah, okay. so he right. was talking about Sutton there as well. It was really cool. And again, we can't say anything, but like Sutton and Wilson and Judy are having this like best friend like get together thing at the end of practice, and you can tell really fine tuning signals where they like the ball, all these sorts of things. So these guys are on the same page. But as we saw on Friday night, it's it's rough. It's a work in progress. Cease, um, what what are you expecting as far as playing time for these guys? Obviously, first-team offense went four series. Yeah. Are you, are you thinking play into the you know second half, play up till halftime? Do you think we're going to see them in preseason game three, or we've got to wait to see? Like, where are you at? How much are they going to play in these next well, two? Well, I love that Coach made him stay out there. It was almost a punishment, right? Like, oh, go, go out there. The Cardinals are one of the worst teams in the league. So you're playing Cardinals backups, essentially, and you can't move the ball. Like, something's wrong. Go. Make it happen. And they did. Coach kept them out there. Go for it on fourth down. I think if the optics are good against San Francisco, you're talking about a half. If they're not good, you're going to go into the third quarter. Oh, you think so, maybe? This is about getting work. Wow. This is about getting work in, and it doesn't matter 
who who you are or what kind of track you're on. Like, no, you're out there to put in the work. The work's got to look good. That's what this is for, and Coach talked about it today. Like, you just want to continue seeing that progress from a weekly basis. And now that everyone's played, i got to tell you, and watching all this preseason action this weekend, I always laugh at D when he's like, have you seen that show on now? No, no, D-Mac, this is what I watch, bro. Football. So watching all these preseason games, have you seen that? Show? There's a lot of there's a lot of good football action coming up. The Broncos have to improve because then it's what's Peyton always say? It ain't getting easier out there. And I was deeply concerned um, with the offensive line because it wasn't oh, yeah. it wasn't a one off. It yeah. matched a lot what we're seeing in training camp. And when we come, we watch practice and we'll go across the street and say, guys, McGlinchey doesn't look great. Bowles doesn't look great. Uh, and then you go out and see it manifest itself on a pre, in a preseason game oh where concern concern meter one through ten where are you at with the old line I was on with Dan Jacobs earlier today I think I offended Dan I'm sorry um it was about Jerry Judy I'll, I'll explain more later but like it's a 10 out of 10 this is five alarm uh, Saturday all the bells ringing what is it five alarm fire whatever like it's all the bells are ringing Everyone, all hands on deck you got to fix this damn thing because here's the great thing about Sean Payton's system it works it works, and it looks so good. These sale concepts, I know it's simple, and it's football 101, but these sale concepts work. You're getting guys open. Russ is working the middle of the field, man. That was great, although he can't work the middle. He was doing that on Friday. And if he just trusts it a little bit more, hurries up a little bit more, but here's the problem, fellas, and I hate to say this. I hate it, but I think it's true. He's seeing ghosts. For the first time in his career, I don't think Russell Wilson is, like, escaping pressure and making plays. I don't think he's that, Russ. I think he's like, holy crap, I don't want to get hit. And so he's seeing ghosts. He's not trusting his eyes enough. Russ, listen to me. Trust this system. (laughs) Guys are open, and if you do that, you can win. Cecil, help me out with one thing. I just before we move on, I want to stay with the offensive line. I think it's massively important. They've yes, made such yes. an investment in yes. it. It's highest paid tackles in the NFL. You pay Ben Powers three years, thirty million. You got a, a, a top a three round draft pick in, at the center and right guard. As much as you could pour into this puppy, you have. Yes, it doesn't look great. Nope. But a part of my part of my deal is I mentioned this to Stokely earlier in the show. Russell thrived in Seattle when the offensive line wasn't good. Is there some like great offensive line in front of uh, Russ, but he still made teams pay. Right. And I just wonder if he still has that ability if the old line isn't up to snuff. Well, and he's older now. So, like, that that all was true, but he was also controlling the chaos because he knew his offense. It was, what, Jermaine Afidi out there? And, like, hey, you played basketball. Go play left tackle. Like, he didn't have an offensive line in Seattle, but he was a younger man, and he was in control of it. Now the book is out on Russ. You saw it. Absolute disrespect from the Cardinals. I'm not not talking about the stupid viral video they tried at the end. That was just weird. Absolute disrespect. They were sending the house. The book is out on Russell Wilson. Send the house. Pressure him. And that's why he's got to trust the system. And he will have to take some hits. He will have to stand up to it. And that's where these ghosts are creeping in. you got to fight it. I've only seen one quarterback ever, ever, get overseen ghosts. His name's Aaron Rodgers, and the reason why is he sat behind Brett Favre, who couldn't even read defenses, and just, like, didn't care about pressure. And I think that settled Rodgers' mind down. But Russ's mind is now getting to this, like, he's under pressure, he's under rest. No, dude, no. Trust the system. Get rid of the ball when you're supposed to, and it works. That play to Cortland that he slipped, that's a touchdown if Russ hits him on time. So even a play that's good, and we go, wow, nice play, Court, that's a touchdown 
if Russ gets the ball out on time. Cecil, have we found our punt returner? Is it Montreal Washington? I thought he looked good back there. It could. It could be. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I know the depth chart will say differently. It'll say Marvin Mims. But if Mims does more as a receiver, then it is Montreal Washington. And we have to praise him for that. Um, You know, getting over that mental side, that's the thing. And I asked Ben Kotwicka about it earlier this offseason. How do you get Montreal over the yips? That's what he had. Kid's explosive. We all know that. But if you're mentally kind of checked out, like, it doesn't matter. So you want to see confidence in that young man. That's good to see. I heard you talk about DeLarian Turner yell. Uh, Don't worry about uh, remembering his name. I just call him not Tariq Woolen because he did have that one play where he blew it up. And then the very next play is Ryan. God bless Ryan Harris. We all love him. And he's, like, praising him. DeLarian Turner yell a great game. And then he, like, whiffs on a tackle. (laughs) It's like, eh, this is a little rough. Let the guy get outside of him. It's a little rough for that not Tariq Woolen guy out there. But anyway, like, you want confidence in these young men. And that's what's building with Montreal Washington. It doesn't mean he's going to be the greatest ever or whatever. But it means that he can significantly impact this team on special teams as your returner. Cecil Lammy, we're going to see your practice report later on DenverSports.com. DenverSports.com, right now, right now. Okay, and we'll be out there back at practice uh, tomorrow. Looking forward to it. Uh, great stuff from Cease. Uh, how concerned are we with the Broncos' offensive line? Stoke and I will take a dive into that conversation coming up next. It's Stokely and Zach on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. As we look back on the Bronco, Broncos preseason game number one Friday evening, the offensive line is certainly one of the stories. And, man, uh, not, the, not the kind of story that you would like considering who the team was going up against, uh, just the general investment made in the offensive line. Now, uh, Mike McGlinchey was not out there, but he's already already hurt. So that's that's not a good thing. Um, so you know his absence doesn't make me feel better about the offensive line. Um, but they did not play well, Stoke and uh, Russell Wilson was under duress uh, more than you'd like. Yeah, it was uh, not a good feeling. I, that's you know if you have a good offensive line, like you don't have to you know have a quarterback that goes out there and can be Houdini and do all these things and have this work for you that work for you in the passing game and if you got a good offensive line you can rely on that running game and you got time to throw the football i think russ could be a good quarterback but if you don't have the running game and if you get russ continued to get hit like he did last year you know, you're going to see the same old, same old from him. And so I, my expectations were that this would be a much improved offensive line. Much improved offensive line. And then you see Bowles out there getting whipped. You see Ben Powers out there getting whipped. I mean, that's your left side of your offensive line. It's a big deal. Yeah. So that's the blind side of the quarterback. Shout out Michael Orr, blind side. <laughs> Making the back Wait, of the news. I, I, I could not see that headline come. It's like Michael Orr is what? suing the family that adopted him, but they didn't really they adopt didn't him. Adopt, they tricked him? Like, what's going I, on? They I, did a movie. I, I thought they wanted like a thought they wanted Grammy or something together. <laughs> Someone's lying to you. <laughs> I mean, I don't oh. like that's that whole thing is really weird. I just, just saw it literally as we were signing yes. on the air in our first segment. I'm like, wait, Michael Orr is suing the family that adopted him. They didn't adopt him, but they made they him sign adopt him. <laughs> they they made him sign paperwork to use the story of likeness or something. Yeah. Oh, really weird story. Yeah. Twists and turns there. Mm-hmm. Um but 
I just, you know, that that's the blind side of your quarterback is is important. That's why left tackles get paid more than the right tackles. Um, uh, so very, very disappointed in what I saw in the offensive line. I'll take a step back and say, okay, well, we were throwing the ball a lot. We didn't try to really establish the run game. And if we get that run game going, you know, it's going to really help help them in, in pass protection. Uh, so hopefully that's the case. Hopefully that's the case. But, look, sometimes it's going to be a two-minute drive, Zach. Yeah. Yep. Sometimes you're going to be in the shotgun having to throw the football. Yep. You've got to be able to protect, and we can't keep nine guys in to protect. Right? You're going to have to, you know, have four or five wide receivers, you know, going out on, on pass patterns. So uh, it, w- it, was a, it was a disappointment. But once again, like everything else, it's one preseason game, and that's all it is. But it, We but, still have time. But it uh, wasn't just one preseason game. But That's but part I'm, of my issue is, like, this is what we've seen on a regular basis out of camp, and it bled right over into the game. I'm talking about real football game where you can run the football okay. or throw it okay. you know, and like okay. do things like game plan a little bit to kind of help yourself fair. out. Um, but I get what you're saying. It hasn't looked great in camp. It looked awful. Looked awful. Uh, first preseason game. Hopefully they can can fix some stuff, you know, and, and get that group um, moving back in the right direction. Because if not, I don't know how how you can have an offensive line that doesn't play good and have a lot of improvement offensively and a lot of improvement for Russ. They go hand in hand. They go hand in hand. They go hand in hand. And according to Warren Sharp um, on Twitter at Sharp Football, does a really good job with just, uh, uh, you know, accumulating stats and tweeting them out and, you know, doing analytical stuff. Um, He's covered a nice niche for himself. And he, he put, he said, context for QB preseason performances Preseason week one pressure rate. So any quarterback in the last week who attempted a minimum of five passes, you made the list. So there's like 60 names on the list. The number one most pressured quarterback of the 60 to 65 names was Russell Wilson, who, according to Warren Sharp, was under pressure 64% of the time. Yeah, not good enough. Not good enough. We saw it a lot last year, obviously, what he led the league in sacks, didn't he? 50-something? Yeah, 55, double nickel. Yeah, that's a, that's a lot of sacks. And he missed time. Yeah, and he missed time. Thanks for that. That makes me feel better. But we saw how bad it was for him and how it affected him. And it affected his footwork. It affected his decision-making. And, you know, he was seeing ghosts last year. He would try to escape pockets when they have clean pockets. Well, I don't blame him. Felt like he was getting hit every play. Right. And so if his first read wasn't there, he was like, scramble. Let me get out of here. I can't breathe. Remember, we talked a lot about yes, that last year, yes, right? Just yes. Felt like he was drowning. He couldn't breathe, couldn't get oxygen in the pocket. He had to get out of the pocket to be able to breathe and feel relaxed, right? And so I, um, I don't want to get back there. I don't want to get back to that spot where he was last year. And so this line has got to do a better job. they got to do a better job. And I'm just holding out hope that with the running game, if you can get that running game going, because it wasn't like the running game was, was going well early, but it just seemed like there was a big emphasis on throwing the football. Yeah, definitely. Right? 37 passing attempts on Friday night as opposed to 22 total carries. And we'll see what it looks like this week. See if they say, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna run the stinking ball." That's that's what that's what our priority number one is gonna be. I hope so. 
I, I hope that's the kind of mindset because I think offensively for them to be successful, that running game has got to be um, – we've got to have a good running game. Javante probably going to play, it sounds yes, like. Yes, So that would be a good thing. Get him a few carries, run the football, and then see what it looks like with the passing. And that's when you go to play-action passing, uh, play-action passes, right? Because what happens? You start running the ball, now they're playing the run, right? They're not getting up the football field. They're playing the run, playing the run, playing the run. Uh-oh, you put the ball out there like you're going to run it. And boom, you take it away. Well, now they're waiting for the run, and now they start rushing after you know two seconds of waiting um, and thinking it might be a run. It's so a big deal. It, it is. It's a huge deal uh, for an offensive line. And you look at this group. Don't look like me like they're going to be a great group when a team knows they're going to throw the football. Right. The Broncos are going to throw the football. So run the football, play action passes. And um, that's probably what you're going to have to do to help this group out. Unfortunately, we probably shouldn't be saying that right now. Yeah. Like, why do we need to help them? We shouldn't have to help them. I mean, this is a highly paid group. Yes, it is. Um, but right now, it looks like they might need uh, some help, and, and that's a way to help them. But you got to be able to run it. If they don't respect the run, then um, it, 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 the play-action passing game won't work. Really, really relevant conversation to the entire football season. How is. nervous are you? How nervous are you? Extremely. One to ten. Extremely. I won't go ten because I'm just not going to go ten on August. Uh, what are we? August fourteenth. Um, just, just not going to go to ten. Um, seven, seven out of ten. My concern level. How about you? Yeah, extremely concerned. I don't want to. You know, I'm not panicking with a ten, but I'll say nine. Because that's how important the position is, all those guys up front, and that's how poorly they played. Bowles was um, not good at all. He was and, not and good. Power, I mean, you're talking about the left side of your offensive line. I just don't – I mean, like, wow, it's it's that's it's going to be tough to get much accomplished if they're blocking like that in a passing game. Yep. It just is. I don't care who your quarterback is. I don't care who your coordinator is. I don't care who your receivers are. If you can't protect better than that – then you're in big trouble. You're in big trouble. I don't care if um, Vince Lombardi comes down and is coaching this football team. It's not going to work. It's just not. You can have, you know, Peyton Manning, prime Peyton Manning. It it doesn't matter if they block the way that they blocked. So um, Russ needs some help. Russ needs some help, and uh, that was was, uh, really poor. And the other thing to look at here, which, you know, it's a little bit of a concern. You know, their, their coach is like, you know, one of these young coaches again, I believe. Yes. Right? Zach Streif. Yeah, f- uh, fresh off of playing just two yeah. years ago. So he's not, you know, he, it's not like he's got a lot of uh, coaching experience here. You know, um, and so just saying, not saying, not making, you know, a judgment on what's going on, just making, just p- pointing out something here. Yeah. You know, uh, the young coach. Trying to find his way, right? You know, um, I don't think he's ever manned a position. That's for sure, right? No, I don't. Th- no, he was an assistant offensive line yeah. coach. So uh, we'll, we'll see how that all works its way out, right? Like, you know, everyone's got a plan until they get hit in the mouth. That's right. Right, the Mike Tyson yep. quote. Um, and so, like, hey, you got a plan? Feel good about our plan, and we're having fun, and we have fun in meetings, and you know, it's all like, and all of a sudden, your guys go out there and play like that. Now, now, how do you react to something like that? You've right. never been through these fires as right. a coach. Right. It's a different type of pressure there. So we'll see. Just another little, um, 
little tidbit there about the offensive line. Yeah, let's put that in our back pocket. We'll evaluate it once again tomorrow when we are out there live from training camp. Uh, it's been heartbreaking to watch the news coming out of Maui this week. And unfortunately, here in Colorado, we're all too familiar with the damage of wildfires. Our company, Bonneville, has launched a fundraiser to help the people of Maui. Head to denversports.com and at the top of the page, you'll see a link to the Bonneville Maui Strong Fire Relief Fund. 100% of donations here will go to the Hawaii Community Foundation serving Maui. Again, that's Bonneville Maui Strong Fire Relief Fund right at the top of the page at denversports.com. A look back at Friday night. What did we make of the Broncos starting offense? A comprehensive review coming up next. and Zach on Denver Sports Station 104.3 The Fan. Training Camp 2023 is presented by ROX Rocks Heating and Air. You want some breaking news? Breaking NFL news? That's not breaking for me, but go ahead. Oh, oh. Yeah. But the people do, so give it to them. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Just a well, I just heard it, so like I don't need it, but yeah, go for it. I mean, oh, I thought you were like, this is like the non, this like this guy's not a real factor anymore. No, 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 no. Like breaking news. Yeah, no, I, yeah, give it to us. What Z- we got? Zeke Elliott to the New England Patriots? Right? Yeah. Did I have that right, Kamaje? Ezekiel Elliott to the New England Patriots? Okay. That's correct. Yep. All right. All Perfect. right. Yeah, good for him. Um, good for him. Getting a chance there in, in, in New England. They're on the schedule. Patriots are on the schedule. Uh, Sunday, December 24th. That's actually one of the primetime games. Oh, wow. Because, home or away? Um, it is home. And I believe because Christmas is on a Monday, this is Sunday night football. Uh, so Broncos hosting New England doesn't have quite the same luster that it used to. Manning and um, Brady. Manning and Brady. That was like the thrill of Manila. Every time those guys got together, yeah. just must-see television. Um, but it'll be in prime time nonetheless. So All right. we'll see what Zeke Elliott looks like in, in a Patriots uniform. Um, a look back at Friday night. Uh, uh, let's start. The, the biggest... Make no mistake, the biggest question mark about the Broncos season when you finish dead last in scoring, and it's the worst offensive season in the history of the Denver Broncos, and then you go out and hire a Super Bowl-winning offensive coach, it's how much improved can the offense be given the massive investment in two of the biggest, really, in my opinion, the two biggest entities you can have on a football team, the coach and the quarterback. What did you make of it in its debut in preseason game number one? Not good enough. Let's just start there. Um, you know, what, what, what are your expectations? My expectations are better than what I saw. That's for sure. Wasn't a disaster by any means. Still have time. Still have time to accomplish and get where you want to go and get better. But first game, not good enough. Um, and But hopefully it gets better. That's, that's kind of where I'm at offensively with the Denver Broncos. Offensive line wasn't good enough. Russ was, you know, he, he was okay. Um uh, running game wasn't good enough. So Jerry Judy had a drop. Cortland, nice job. Um, nice job by Jerry on the touchdown. Tight ends. Uh, Troutman, I, I thought Troutman's growing on me. Like I said earlier, he is growing on me. Uh, I'm starting to kind of uh, 
changed my narrative and view of him where at the beginning I'm like, this guy's let's see if he can make the football team to now he's probably gonna be the starter. So I, I like I've been liking what I've I've been seeing from him. But this offense has got to be better. Gotta get better. You got Sean Payton, you got Russell Wilson and uh, it's 2023 offensive football. Um, it, 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 we need to see better. You know, this isn't 1984. We, we got to see some explosive plays. We got to see an offense that looks competent, and it's time to, to, you know, move in that direction. It's been bad around here for a long time, and I don't think we can lower the bar to say, man, that was good. I mean, hey, we scored a touchdown. We scored a touchdown like, hey. No, look, we we had we we you know first offense missed what two field goals and they scored a touchdown. Like, what else do you want, guys? Here, like, no, like my my eyes tell me it wasn't close to being good enough. And um, you know, when he scored the touchdown, it was varsity versus JV, varsity versus freshman, maybe. Um, and you better eat, and you should eat. And if you don't, and you didn't, um, that would be depressing. What 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 did you make of it? Uh, underwhelming. I, and, and, I, and I'm a little bit, well, I'm confused and I'm not confused because some of the narrative coming out of the game is that, like, the Broncos' offense was, was, was really good and Russ is back and everything's fine here. And I just don't know how that you could watch the Broncos' starting offense against the Arizona Cardinals, especially to start. I mean, the, the, the first series, the, the three and out, where it's three total yards, it's a pass behind Troutman. It's a run that's stuffed. It's a batted down pass, followed by a 31-yard punt. Disaster. Um, in the second series, is a really nice over route uh, to, to Jerry Judy for, for 19 yards, um, but it's followed by a run absolutely stuffed at the line. Uh, Bowles getting whipped on a block that gives up a sack fumble, and then a, some sort of screen shovel pass to Samaje Pirine that looked like it was two different plays being run at the same time. A, like just a disjointed, um, you know, just wash of a play. So that's seven plays. And Zach, real quick, that was after an interception. We got after an interception. interception. Yes. yes. Yep. So we had good field position there. And that's, you know, when an offense, like, you're like, okay, we're at the 41. We're going in. Right. Let's go eat. Right. And, you know, you're settling for a 47-yard field goal. So – there's some context there also yes. about, you know, offensively, oh, you missed two field goals. Well, one of them, you were already in field goal range pretty much when you started. Right. And you almost screwed that up. Almost. Almost. And so, you know, so so right there we have seven offensive plays from the starting offense, and one of them were, was a true positive, and that was the 19-yard over route to Jerry Judy and six lackluster or negative plays. And then you move to the third series. Like, if you have success on that second series, you may not come back out. Then you finally get to that third series where even some of the personnel on Arizona um, had already begun uh, changing, and you're seeing less starters. And, look, there, there was, again, some good stuff there. I thought uh, P. Ryan ran it uh, pretty good, ran hard on that third series, back-to-back, like I think it was five-yard gains, I want to say. Um, there was a completion to Sutton where Sutton kind of found a vacancy in the defense. Nice little play to Troutman. But, I mean, you're talking about the left side of the ball being absolutely blown up. Garrett Bowles and uh, Ben Powers just blown off the line of scrimmage. Wilson is absolutely dumped, throws it away. They're saying that that looked like it hurt. Um, Yeah, there was two plays in a row there, I believe, where he got hit hard. And, you know, that's... Yeah, the next one was that third long where he, he, again, he got drilled again. Um, And it's another missed field goal. And I'm not putting the missed field goal on the Broncos' offense, but these are possessions against the projected worst team 
in professional football, largely second unit, and you're not able to truly move like. Like, at least that one was better. Though. It, it, you had a it couple was nice it run was plays. Yep. Right? You had one yep. of Corlin Troutman there. So you had you had some good stuff going on that drive. At least like, yes. a lot more positive. Way better than the to first build two. off of. You didn't finish it off, and you know that offensive line, you know, kind of was a was a big factor there. Um, but at least there was more positives in that drive than the first. Yes, two. it actually the first three possessions of the preseason game number one reflected the first two weeks of camp where it just starts so slow, and you're like, what are we looking at? Then, you know, finally you kind of catch some traction, and it looks like some competent football. Um, And then in that fourth possession, look, in in reality, it's third down from the 21-yard line. I thought Russ did a really good job uh, creating some space and some time, and Jerry Judy's able to, you know, wiggle and give himself some more space, and, you know, Russell hit some on-target, and... And Judy just drops it. Might have been a score, at a very least a first down. In reality, it's a 0-0 ball game. That's the end of that possession, in reality. But in preseason, you're going to go for it on fourth down because you're hoping on the, you know, the fourth offensive drive, which is longer than you would ever even play a rookie quarterback who you drafted in the first round. It's way longer than you want to be out there. Um, they, they finally got it right. And Russ deserves credit. Standing in the pocket, took the hit. Um, but there's even context to that. Like, there's context to going for it on fourth down. That's not really what would happen on a game day. And then with, within the play that you had success, there's even context to the play. Not trying to be a wet blanket, but I'm just trying to tell the truth on what we saw. And I know you had some thoughts on that touchdown play of maybe some stuff that Arizona is like. Yeah, playing cover zero there um, in that situation and, and bringing pressure late. And again, like, that was the Broncos you know, third, fourth string out there when, when Arizona scored that last touchdown, blown coverage. So, like, these guys weren't really on top of how to execute it like they should. Um, and they didn't get there. You're bringing everybody. Blitzing everybody, right? You got to get there. Um, and and that's why, Judy, there was nobody in the middle of the football field. So, good job capitalizing that yep. on that by the, by the Broncos. Um, turn your mic on to do radio. Gosh, it's at the end of the show, too. Look at you. Um, but so, no, you're right. Good so capitalization. Yep. I, I, was, I was on them earlier in camp about not being able to capitalize on cover zero plays, and, and they were able to do that. So that's a good thing there. Um, but, you look, I mean, look, they've had, they had good field position those, those, those last couple drives there. Um, for the, for the Broncos, or two out of the last three there, where they where they started, you know, forty one yard line, and then the the touchdown drive they started at at, at the forty um, forty three yard line. So some good uh, field position drives, and then you know also hey, you going up against backups. So that, that's that's what you should have done. I think now moving forward, look, it wasn't good enough. I think we, we agree on that. It wasn't good enough, but moving forward, hopefully we see better. We see improvement of course, of course. against San Francisco. That's where we're at now. And it's going to be interesting to see how much they play and what all that looks like. But, um, you know, this is this is done now, um, and uh, we'll see what it looks like against the 49ers on Saturday. All right, cannot wait. We'll continue. There's some leftover thoughts about the game that we didn't get to today that we will get to tomorrow. We will be out at practice tomorrow. Our analysis of Training Camp 2023 presented by ROX. Rocks, heating, and air. That's where we will leave it on a Monday. We'll see you tomorrow. The Drive is coming up next.